0: It's the Golf Insiders giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game.
2: Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with one of my favorite special guests tonight, sitting in the caddy chair, (laughs) Dr. Dr. Bob Winters in the house. Hello, Dr. Bob.
1: Hi, Holly. I am the three wood to your driver in your golf bag tonight. What well, do you think if, about if, that?
2: If, if you could put all that magic in between my ears that <laughs> you are so famous for, uh, Dr. Bob, of course, working uh, alongside uh, all the great people out at the David Ledbetter Academy here in Orlando and uh, well, well-known mental coach to so many players around the country and, um, you know, several best-selling books, Dr. Bob. And you, you are the man when it comes to breaking down the mental side of the game.
1: Well, you know, that's something I've been uh, looking at now for about, what, 40 years? I'm one of really the, the pioneers, really, in, you were. in the game. In fact, I actually started, uh, I wrote my first master's thesis, Holly, in 1977. And I wrote about the effects anxiety and stress have upon modern golf performance. But that's kind of a misnomer because anxiety and stress have always had an effect, whether it had been ancient golf performance or the long time ago golf performance. But anxiety and stress, it always has a big impact, you know, on who wins and who loses. So
2: Well, we know that the mental side of the game is something we could probably talk about for an entire hour Interestingly, we had two first-time winners this past weekend, Uh, Andrew Landry breaking through, winning the Valero Texas Open, his first win on the PGA Tour. A little bit of a late bloomer, Dr. Bob, 30 years old, and just got his card off the web.com last year. You know, it's interesting, and then breaking through, I guess, maybe not surprising, given that... You know he's a little bit older, but just had a his first baby and now a winner on the PGA tour. You know, some, life is good.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes you know, you know, becoming a father, a parent, a mother, uh, it really sort of uh, minimizes all of those nerves, so to speak. It puts things in perspective. And talk about Andrew Landry or anyone who wins for the first time. I mean, this isn't you know a sprint race. I mean, it's a marathon. You can play golf for a long, long time and. And I was just watching a, the Chronicles of Champions. Uh, it was about the Open Championship. They had Jack Nicklaus, Greg Norman. They had Nick Faldo. They had Tom Watson talking about a lot of different things. And one of the most poignant things that Greg Norman said, he said he won 91 times in his career, two majors, and he could have won many, many more. But he said the one thing that he wished that he had done many years ago was get you know some more mental training he really didn't know how to handle all the different things because he was self-taught uh you know he was self-driven he had a huge many
2: of them were then uh,
1: absolutely has a strong belief system his willpower said this is what i'm going to do and like all the elites they have a very difficult time uh, listening to so-called experts and that's why If you're going to be a professional, you profess that you're going to become an expert on yourself rather than have other people be an expert on you. And I'm always telling people, be very skeptical of really what you read, what you see when people come up. Because, and we're talking about the golf insiders, one of the biggest things that happens when you play, I play, or other people, they come up, they've got the hottest tip. They just can't wait to tell you how to do it. So sometimes you have to actually dismiss the good intentions of others, and say, thank you very much, but I'm going to do it my way, sort of being a little bit like Frank Sinatra.
2: Well, you set me up perfectly for the next question, <laughs> and that is speaking of doing it my way, uh, we were speaking before we came on air about Patrick Reed's win at Augusta, and I uh, wanted to get your comments on, on Patrick, because, you know, he's he's taken some heat uh, due to his confidence level, uh, some you know calling him cocky and a variety of other things, which I find really you know kind of silly, given look at we're you know they're professional golfers What, you know, if he, if he doesn't believe in himself, who else is going to believe in him you know more than oh
1: absolutely, and that's the whole thing about the American sporting fan. they love their athletes, they love their teams I mean, you go to Boston, New York, whatever they want their athletes to be incredibly clutch but at the same time, unbelievably humble. And so those two things don't always gel. They're like oil and water. And how can you not you know, feel this sense of healthy confidence, healthy arrogance that we call about in my world when you have been successful? He received a lot of heat. I'm talking about Patrick Reed now. When he said years ago, I might be one of the top five people you know, in the world, the best golfers in the world. After um, you won at
2: Doral, I and believe.
1: A, yeah, and a lot of people said, oh, no, what are you talking about? You're not even close. And that's really what people want to do. Even in Australia, uh, Greg Norman talked about this for years, and, and, and as did you know, Kari Webb and uh, Rachel Teske, one of my players, for many years. They said when you get to be a poppy in a field of poppies and you get to be a tall poppy, what they want to do is cut you down. They want to bring you down to their level. And they just really have a hard time with confidence. So that's the biggest thing. Let me tell you something about Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, even though he had a lot of you know, history going into the Masters, he had to play 72 holes. And he played 72 holes with all the distractions, with all the heat, you know, with all the expectations, with Rory McIlroy looking him you know, right in the eye on the first tee. And
2: half of Ireland following behind him. And
1: he also had to hear the, the non roars. And the non, you know, emphatic clapping for him that, you know, he was listening to for Jordan Spieth and everyone else. And so he got the job done. So for my world, you know, it's all about performance. It's all about execution. Patrick Reed did a great job. My hats, you know, is, is off to him. But I think, you know, what will happen, you know, his legacy will be out in front of him. What he does from this point forward will be really looked at. He is revered as a hell of a competitor. He was great, you know, a competitor at Georgia, and he got you know in some trouble there with some of his teammates. He was great at Augusta State, uh, and he took Augusta to what two, two state na- championships, national championships, national, yeah, and uh, NCAA champions. So this guy has proven again and again that he can play. So whatever you say about him, whether you like him, love him, loathe him, the guy can really play golf.
2: And you gotta love him in team competitions. That passion is is. Uh you know, a lot of fun to watch.
1: Well, it is. It's great to have Captain America, and, and he loves, you know, the pressure. Some people are clutch. And, you know, another person that's really been playing great golf this year. I mean, let's let's face Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler did everything he possibly could. Jordan Spieth did everything they possibly could. And they're going to be right there for the Ryder Cup when we go over to France. And it's going to be one heck of a cat fight. You know, saucer of milk. Real. And it's gonna be really tough out there. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun.
2: You're listening to the Golf Insiders. We're talking to Dr. Bob Winters, my special guest in the studio this evening. Talk to me about Rory. Now, do you think he's gonna have some additional scar tissue from this master's you know, we know the past and you know, lots of talk about it. But he put that behind him. Uh but you know, there was a lot on the line here for Rory, even though he you know, tried to push it aside and say, no, the pressure's on Patrick. What was your feeling on his approach going into Sunday?
1: I think anytime time we t- try to diffuse a situation or deflect from the attention, that really says something about an athlete. Listen, Jack Nicholas, Greg Norman, Arnold Palmer, even Annika Sorenstam, they had ebbs and flows in their career. And I think that's really what Rory is going through And so, for me, to watch Rory's Masters performance was, okay, he is there, he's close, all right, let's see what he does going forward. I mean, okay, so he did not win the Grand Slam, he didn't really meet that expectation. What, he shot, what, a 74 in the final round? I mean, pretty lackluster, really. But the point of it is, you know, that's really what you play for. You play to get there in the spotlight. You play so that your stomach's just about ready to turn over and you're about ready to throw up. Because when you're in that position, that really tells you through your body and through your mind that you're pretty close to doing some pretty special stuff. And some people step up to it and embrace it, and other people, they just don't get it done. So if he doesn't get it done this time, hey, we've got the U.S. Open coming up at Shinnecock. We've got, you know, the Open. We've got the PGA Championship. We've got Ryder Cup. There's a lot of places where Rory can really step up. So time will tell.
2: Speaking of Grand Slams, Philly Mick, feel the thrill. Shinnecock, here we come.
1: Well, What do you think? Well, i tell you what. You know, Phil Mickelson, I mean, this guy, to me, has one of the best, if not best ever, short games. This guy is a creative genius. I don't know it's because they're left handed, but if you take a look at all the left handers, whether you're talking about Russ Cochran, Mike Weir, Bubba Watson, Steve Flesh, who just won, you know, on the champions tour a couple of weeks ago, Phil Mickelson, they do things with the golf ball that right handers don't do or that the right handed or right brain, left brain people really don't see. It's, some, it's almost like, you know, a, a creative artist and someone who's left handed, you know, what well, we always talk about the Southpaws. They just see things different, you know, in, in their world. So when you have Phil, he says, hey, I'm going to see this shot. And they're, they're talking to Bubba and people are going. What, what shot? What shot? Yeah, I don't see anything. What clearing? They're, they're looking for like a needle. They're looking for an opening. And, and by golly, they hit it. So it's fantastic. So, hey, Phil the thrill. He'll be there for sure. You know he will. And he loves you know the New York crowds. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Well, we've got a great show tonight. Some of our uh, favorite golf insiders coming up next. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Quite an impact, actually, uh when he sank got three iron and hit me in the back of the head
0: I can't believe I'm into this
1: I really hate to lose asking forgiveness got the struggles blue
2: we're back the Golf Insiders the in the house Holly G along with my very very special guest Dr. Bob Winters from the Leadbetter Golf Academy and Dr. Bob Winters.com that's right one of our premier sports psychologists, mental coach gurus.
1: Well, Holly, I'm just trying to do everything you told me about 30 years ago. Okay, you know, you and we I go way, we go way back, back. Doctor Bob, and, and you were about what 16, 17 when we first met. My goodness gracious!
2: Golf Week Academy, back in <laughs> the green, a leaf, green and leafy days.
1: Oh my goodness! Green I, leaf, remember? Green leaf, Golf Week, and it was really funny because those were really state of the art junior golf schools, college prep golf schools. No one was doing them before, and you actually sort of created all of those and actually, you know, marketed them.
2: It was and it, it was, was ahead of its time. It all was, those great college coaches that were part of it. Oh, fantastic. Rick LaRose from Arizona, Buddy Alexander from... Florida,
1: Larry Penley from Clemson, you know, just a lot of them.
2: Greg Gross, who's now what, head of uh, the Golf Coaches Association,
1: oh, yeah. NCAA, yeah, such great. an
2: opportunity for all those juniors. And uh, by the way, Junior Golf Week all this week on the Golf Channel. If you want to check out more about all the great things happening in junior golf, but we're going to waste no more time and go to one of our favorite golf insiders, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob.
3: Hey Holly, how are you?
2: I'm good. It's been a while. We haven't uh, chatted since before the Masters. Uh, Kind of a fun first time winner this past weekend. Andrew Landry, Texas boy, uh, putting on those boots uh, at at the uh, uh, champion ceremony. A big popular win there.
3: I guess it's only fitting at the Texas Open, right? Uh, To have a you know, a state-born winner and someone who embraces the traditions. And uh, but obviously, you know, he's going to want to win wherever he can. And that was that was uh, you know getting that first one means so many things. Um, you know, all the all the exemptions that come with it and the tournaments that you can assure yourself of getting into it. Um, it just opens up a lot of doors.
2: It does, and he you know just played the kind of round on Sunday that I think you probably prepare for we've got the mental golf coach uh here dr bob winders in the house but you know he made a bunch of birdies early and then uh just some really solid pars down the finish trey mullinex and zach johnson from you know fumbling a little bit not playing their best on the front nine and uh he you know he went out and and won it
3: he did he did exactly what he had to do it it obviously helps to give yourself a little bit of a cushion and uh, I was a little surprised that Zach, uh, you know, didn't put more pressure on him. But it, it appeared that Zach had issues with the front nine all week, and then he played the back nine very well. Uh, uh, and then this time he just kind of didn't, you know, he he made it too much ground to make up over those you know, those last nine holes, and and then wasn't able to really, you know, go low anyway. But uh, um, you know, heck, it's a, you know, any win on tour is a great win. It's hard to win there's a lot of great young players you know Andrew Landry is another example of of uh you know there's dozens of guys who can win any week and and many of them haven't yet or you know maybe they've only won once or twice uh but uh you know they're they're there the talent is there and uh when they get it going they they uh you know they show that uh, what you know what kind of abilities they have
2: well Trey Mullenix shooting course record 62 little bit of trouble coming down the stretch, chunked a flop shot and bogeyed the short par four, the 17th, and, um, you know, missed a, missed a makeable putt that could have forced possibly a playoff. So uh, Landry having two shots uh, to, you know, to seal the deal and made a nice little eight-footer on 18.
3: Not sure how anybody shot 62 on that course. It doesn't look... <laughs> didn't look like it was that easy of a course uh, I've never been there, and I know it's given some guys fits it's quirky and and you know it uh it can cause some problems and but you know, as you were mentioning they are coming down the stretch you know sometimes you know the nerves get to you you haven't been in that position um, a seemingly simple shot isn't executed properly, and uh you know that's the difference uh uh, and, and, you know, sometimes those mistakes occur early in the tournament and they're not noticed as much. But uh, obviously uh, it, would have been, it would have been a little bit more interesting to see, you know, if he could have uh, handled that shot, made the putt, uh, you know, made things a little bit more interesting. You
1: know, Bob, I, this is Dr. Bob Winters here. It's great you know, to talk with you. You know, one of the things I remember Tom Watson and Greg Norman both saying years ago, they said, in order, you know, for me to win tournaments, One of the greatest lessons I learned was I didn't have to play perfect golf. In fact, I had to minimize my mistakes and I had to maximize, you know, the opportunities that those mistakes gave me. And when I learned that I didn't have to be perfect, that's when the light bulb went off. And I think, you know, when you see an Andrew Landry and a lot of guys win, they go on to have, you know, a lot of great years, a lot of great victories because they realize, wow, one, I'm a winner. Two, I didn't have to play my best golf. In fact, I didn't play my best golf. And if I just continue just to go out and play and make the best of what I can do, you know, a lot of time winning wins me. And I think that's exactly what happened with Andrew Landry. He actually did exactly what he was supposed to do, and everybody else sort of drops off. So, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's where I see it from my seat.
3: Well, it's a great point. I think think there's something to be said for... You know, letting the other guy make the mistake. Um, you know, don't you make the mistake? Let them make the mistake. And and if you're solid and patient, um, you know, typically that happens. Now, you know, with some of the greats of the game, I mean, I think Jack Nicholas you know, a majority of his wins were, you know, playing the set, playing to the center of the green, taking his birdies when he could get them, and and letting the others falter around him and. And obviously, Tiger, you know, made a career of that. Now, some of that, I think, goes to your point that they felt they had to do more than they should have to try to beat him. Well, and, it... and didn't realize that sometimes, you know, he's going to make mistakes, too. But if you force it, and if you if you try to do something that you, that you shouldn't do or can't do or take chances, you're going to compound it. And now you've just made it easier on him. So... Um, It is an interesting, you know, obviously easy for us to say, right? You know, they're the ones that have to not only embrace that, but then try to execute
1: it. Well, I think you're exactly right. And I remember when I was the Golden Bear Tour, uh, one of their mental game coaches for all these developing players, uh, Mr. Nicholas and I sat down and I asked Jack, I said, how many tournaments did you win by actually just beating everyone? And how many tournaments did you think you, you win you won by everyone else just sort of falling off you know, the platform? He said, "Well, Bob, he goes, I really think I won maybe 25 percent with just you know excelling at my game. The other 75 percent, I played percentage golf, and everybody else just sort of fell away. Everybody else sort of lost it. He goes, "But I did not want to put myself in a position." to lose a tournament he goes i just wanted to hang in and sometimes you just hang around long enough bob you end up you know with the winner's trophy and jack did a great job of that as does tiger woods or any player both man or woman
3: no doubt yep it's uh uh it's uh, it, it it really and obviously as you noted once they've done it or once once they've won once once or twice that way then i think it becomes a lot easier to to play that in that manner Uh, Because they've uh, they've got validation.
2: Bob, we're going uh, now this week to the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, which uh, last year went to this new team format. Uh, Some pretty uh, interesting looking pairings here. And um, this announcement that there's going to be walk up music for each of the teams. Tell us about that and your thoughts.
3: Well, you know, I give this tournament a lot of credit for uh, thinking outside the box, doing some things that are different, um, that are out, you know that are that are away from the traditions that we're used to uh, week in and week out. Obviously, it starts with the format and the two-man teams, and and uh, you know, good for them to um, to to go with this idea because I think the tournament's gotten far more attention than it would have ever gotten these last two years. Otherwise, this is kind of a tough spot in the schedule, you know, where there's still a little bit of a hangover after the Masters, you know, and, and a lot of the big names usually take off. Well, they've gotten a lot of big names, 10 of the top 14 in the world. I, I don't know that they get that otherwise. You know, these guys, lo- they like the format, you know. They they, lo- they want to do this. They find it to be fun. And and to get paid to do it, too, you know, obviously the, per- the, the, the prize money isn't as much if you were winning individually, but it's still a lot. And there's FedEx cup points. And, uh, you know, so, um, I think that there's nothing but good, good about this. And I, and, and the format of course is, a, is, is a good one. It's, you know, it's what they use in the Ryder cup foursomes and four ball. And we've seen some pretty interesting teams. I mean, there's buddies, there's countrymen, there's, you know, Ryder cup teammates, you know, Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson, who I picked, you know, they're, they're teaming up again. Um, and the walk-up music is an added thing this year. I, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes, how that plays. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily one who thinks that's necessary, but, hey, you know, why not? You know, it, it's it's. I don't think that's good every week, but uh, I think now and then, especially during these periods of time, you know, we, we we pretty much have golf almost every week. And you need to differentiate yourself once in a while, I think, to stand out, and I think this is a really good way to go about it.
2: Mix it up. I couldn't agree more. As always, Bob, we thank you for your time, and check out all of Bob's great stories, ESPN.com. Thanks so much, my friend. Thanks, Holly. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us.
1: This report is brought to you by... Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's... My job to keep
3: all those nuts away from you, Jake. That's just the way it is. Don't play in Pebble,
2: won't pay the price. I love my
1: muni, I think it's nice.
2: Swing We're back, the, the Golf house Insiders. My wife in, in the house, Holly Ball. G and she my very special it, guest tonight, Dr. Bob Ball. Winters, on the couch in the studio. Ball breaking well, down the mental side of the game
1: well you're going to be on the couch for about another 25 minutes you know holly so you know fire away and answer you know any questions you have
2: well i know you're out at the david lebetter academy um also you know you've got a fantastic website dr and uh who are some of the players you're working with right now dr bob
1: well i have ben taylor who just won on the web you know, com tour he's one of our lga ambassadors but I've got a lot of great girls uh, on the LPGA tour. I've got Marina Alex, uh, Jody Ewart shadoff uh, Chris Tamalis, and Jackie Stolting. I mean, just to name a few, he, Young Park, have had a chance to work with. But there's so many wonderful, new, talented people coming up through the collegiate ranks that I'm actually working with, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later on and uh, but this, there's just so many talented people. I know Bob in the previous segment was talking about. It. It's so tough to win. You've got a few dozen each week. I would say you've got a few hundred each week that are either qualifying to get into the tournament. And once they're into the tournament, you see them right at the top. And you go, where did this person come from? Well, we've just got you know a whole plethora of fantastic talent just waiting in the wings, just looking for that opportunity.
2: I know you're also uh, contributing. To Golf Week magazine as uh, the the mental coach, sure. and we've got uh, Kevin Casey, the assistant editor from Golf Week, on the line. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Holly. How are you doing this evening? Doing well, doing well. Um, I'm curious because I know um, you you follow a lot of these guys, uh, especially coming out of you know the college ranks and whatnot. Um, your your thoughts on on Andrew Landry, uh, a guy that you know, has been out there a while, was on the web.com and now winning, you know, his first one at 30 years old. And and then uh, flip side over the LPGA Tour, Maria Gitanyagarn, after her 156th start, finally winning, of course, um, her younger sister, we know, a superstar out there, Aria. Uh, but, you know, it's it's fun to see these these players break through.
4: For sure. I mean... Uh, As Dr. Ball was mentioning, you know, there's just so much talent out there. Hundreds could win each week. Andrew Landry is, uh, I I always think, I've always thought he's been a little bit of an underrated player. Mm -hmm. In the pro ranks, he first kind of came to the fore when he contended at the 2016 U.S. Open at Oakmont. Media members were searching anywhere they could find anything about this guy because he came completely out of nowhere and was in contention through three rounds. And he faded on Sunday to, I think, finish T-15, but... It was definitely a breakout performance, and it showed he was a, he would be a guy to reckon with. And he's only proven that since um, he lost in the playoffs to John Rahm earlier this year as a career builder. So his first tour win was only a matter of time. And you know he held on, obviously at Valero to get it done. And that's another Arkansas boy uh, getting it done. Austin Cook did it in the fall. Uh Mick, the head coach at Arkansas, seems to be able to find these guys and be able to tune them up for the tour. So. Good win for Andrew, of course. Yeah, then Moria. I mean, yeah, obviously as you mentioned, her older sister, a superstar. Moria's, you know, long. This has spent a long time coming. Uh, she was a great amateur player as well. It just sometimes it's tough to get that first win, as someone like Daniel Kang proved last year. And once you get that first win, it could, it could be a floodgate type situation. So we'll see. But uh, you know, shows that there's a lot of talent out
1: there. Well, there is, Kevin. This is Doctor Bob. You know, it's great to you know to have you on the show. One of the things I always want to add, you know, to people, they always talk about that first win. Why is that first win so hard? It's sort of like trying to get through a locked door. You're trying to push the access code. You don't have the right code, you don't have the right key, and you're sitting there going, "Am I ever going to get through to the other side?" And then when you finally think it through and you believe in it and you actually play and you stay through true to the process, you get to the other side. And then, you know, every player, you know, looks at me, man, woman, boy or girl goes, Wow, was that all it was, and it's just about <laughs> and it's just about them playing golf, staying in the process, doing their thing, and believing that they can get it done. But the belief comes way before the actual event. you've got to believe it, and that's why we practice so hard so we can put ourselves in that opportunity to win and that's really what it's all about,
2: absolutely. Uh Kevin, you still there?
1: I am still here, yeah.
2: Okay, sorry. <laughs> thought I thought you may have dropped for a second. So uh with that in mind, we've got kind of a, a fun tournament we're turning to, um the the Zurich with this this new team format. They're mixing it up a little bit um to ensure some fireworks on Sunday at TPC Louisiana there in New Orleans. Uh like last year the alternate shot was on Thursday and Saturday and four-ball on Friday and Sunday. This time they're flipping it around, so the volatile foursomes are going to be on Sunday. You know, creating multiple possibilities for winning teams. Anybody you got your eye on? There's some interesting, interesting pairings here.
4: Yes, there are. Um, you know, someone that a team that we should always have our eye on is the Jordan Spieth Ryan Palmer team. I mean, Ryan Palmer's an underrated player, but obviously Jordan Speet's Jordan Spieth. So that team's always going it, to. It, they should always command a lot of attention. I like the Jason Day Ryan Ruffles pairing. Um, Jason Day, we know his resume, but Ryan Ruffles, some people don't know about him, but he's a really good young player. I think he's 19 years old still, and he's kind of been touted as possibly the next Jason Day to come out of Australia. So he's he's on the PJ Toro team America right now, is working his way up, but he has a lot of talent. So put that team together, and they could do a lot of things. also, you know, Sam Burns, Will Gertz, an interesting group, just another young, talented guy. And Will Gertz a grinder out there. Gets gets more done than people think. Um, Patrick Reed, Patrick Cantley is another good group I like. Um, but, yeah, overall, I mean, there's a lot of good teams to watch. And, you know, it's a fun It's fun to have this different format this and, week.
2: And Brooks Kepka back for the first time in 90 days, as we know, you know, uh, was on such a hot streak last year after winning, uh, you know, his first major in the U.S. Open. Good to see him back, and uh, probably an easier type of format to come back to.
4: For sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been tough to see him out these four months, you know, dealing with injury. But yeah, it's good to see him back. And uh, I know, uh, you know, maybe his partner is a little bit surprising, Mark Truex. They, you know, probably, you'll probably thought, you know, be Chase Kepka, um, his younger brother. That have to do with uh, sponsor, um, sort of status and everything. They would do it if they could, but they can't. Um, But yeah, overall, it's uh, it's good to see Brooks back, and it seems like he's getting back into form and or getting back into good health. And um, it's not like the U.S. Open's a week from now; he's got a couple months to kind of kick that rust off. And you know, and have his title defense at uh, Shinnecock Hills.
2: Awesome. Well, if you were gonna pick your walk-up tune, Kevin, what would it be? What would be your song?
4: (laughs) Yeah, I. I forget which team it is, but there's one team that went for "Answer Sandman. I really like that one. I think that's a underrated song to uh, go up there. You know, I think of Mariano Rivera coming into that uh, Yankee Stadium all the time. And Virginia Tech football does it. That's really cool. So um, I, would, I would go "Under Sandman. It's not really original, as I said, but uh, I think it's a really cool one.
2: All right. Well, Kevin, we always appreciate your time. Kevin Casey from GolfWeek.com. Check out all their coverage wall-to-wall this week. Of the Zurich Classic, you're listening to Golf Insiders 96.9. The game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up.
0: Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf, and then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. We're back,
2: the Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of Intelligent Golf Talk in the house, Holly G, along with my very special guest in the caddy chair, <laughs> Dr. Bob Winters from the Leadbetter Golf Academy.
1: Well, it's great to be here, Holly. You know, this time goes by so fast.
2: It does, doesn't it? It's
1: unbelievable. Well, we, and we go-
2: haven't even gotten to my game.
1: Okay. Well, I know. We can't get to <laughs> your game. We don't have enough time. We've got to talk about all the other things, the college kids. We've got to talk about LPGA. We've got a lot of things to go over. We
2: do. And um, we... Uh, we, we had a little technical difficulty with uh, my next guest a few weeks ago when he was out at the first major, the LPGA major in uh, Palm Desert, the ANA. And it's great to have him back. One of our frequent golf insiders, Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post. Hey, Steve.
0: Hey, Holly. Yeah, I'm blaming all of that on the infrastructure in California. You know, I think it's 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 become the modern day Mumbai out there, and you know, you can't you can't get can't get cell phone coverage anywhere. I'm always amazed about that too. You know, I can go to China and be on a yak in the middle of the desert and have perfect <laughs> cell phone coverage. But I can't go to California and get anybody. So,
2: Oh, well, we have a lot that's going on in the LPGA Tour. We haven't had a chance to, to catch up in a while. Uh, first of all, this amazing uh, breakthrough win, for from Maria Jutanyagarn Garn after 156 starts, of course, trailing uh, in the shadow of little sister Aria. it was a very emotional win Sunday at the LA it, Open. It
0: was, and you couldn't have a nicer person do that if you if you painted her out of fiction. It was fantastic, and to see Maria come back and win the way she did, and and to battle who she did down the stretch. I mean, you you have NB Park and Sonya and you and and. You know some great major champions that are that are making runs at this thing, uh, and for her to be able to to play the round of golf that she did near flawless, um, I, I'm just I'm so proud of her. And to do it at Wilshire under the Hollywood sign, I mean this was this was an ending that Hollywood really couldn't script in Hollywood. So I, I think the uh, the week all around was just terrific.
2: Yeah, and the LPGA has uh, created its own California swing. Uh, This past month, they're moving now to uh, San Francisco for a new tournament up that way this week.
0: Yeah, they've got they're back at Lake Merced after a year of being away from there. And that's the meta heel. And and I got to tell you, I am. uh, I'm so thrilled that the LPGA is not just back at California, but playing the golf courses that they're playing. I mean, I, I like their swing better than the men's swing because the caliber of the golf courses in my estimation are better. When you can play a place like Wilshire Country Club that is 100 years old, Lake Merced that is right in the Golden Triangle of golf there in San Francisco, within sight of the Olympic Club and less than a mile from San Francisco Golf Club. I mean t- to me those are that's some of the best golf anybody could play anywhere. Uh so you got great venues, you got great fields, uh so far you've had some incredible drama and good winners. I mean it's just it's been uh uh, been an all-around win.
1: Steve, hi. This is Dr. Bob Winters, and I can only agree with you 100%. You know, the girls last week that I worked with, and when they were talking to me about Wilshire Country Club, they said, it is so strategic. You've got to be able to take a look at, you know, the hole and really create some great strategy out there. It was really a thinking person's golf course, and it was so great, you know, that Maria won. Uh, I know that Marina Alex and a bunch of people were watching. Obviously, her her sister and family and everybody was there. Very, very popular win. And i got to tell you, the LPGA with the ANA with Pernilla Lindbergh putting on a great performance in the first major of the year, what a great story she is. So, I mean, I'd love sure. to get some of your opinions on her. So, just
0: tremendous. I mean, to have, to have won in her 250th start. Uh, for her first year. But I will say this about Pernilla. She had a preternatural calm throughout the entire week, and it was obviously needed because she poured in seven to ten footers like you cannot believe. In the final day, with the final day and the playoff that went to the second day, I counted a dozen that she made from six to to ten feet. And it was just extraordinary.
1: Well, those are the putts and the up and downs that you need to do to grind, to hang in there. And what that really does, it gives you a lot of positive putting momentum, a lot of short game momentum, and that is really what wins major championships. And she did such a great job. And she even gave everybody, you know, a great motivation for those, you know, who haven't won yet. And they're saying, Hey, if she can do it, why not me?
0: Absolutely. And the the nice thing about that is it has carried forward. Uh, not just to the other players, but to Pranilla's game. She's played awfully well the last couple of weeks out uh, as carryover from that major championship victory because she believes now. She knows she can win.
2: Yeah, and, you know, she had to really, you know, keep that momentum going for those that, you know, watched it. Of course, the playoff went into the darkness, literally, with the lights on and the final, you know, when they finally squeezed that last hole, a playoff hole on 18, they came back Monday morning at 8 a.m. to resume the playoff, and um, you know, and she made that amazing putt. I believe it was on the 10th hole, and you would have thought maybe NB would drain the next one right behind her, but uh, you know, she she won it with a brilliant brilliant putt.
0: She did, and you know, she actually I think won it on the 17th hole, which was their second playoff hole. Uh, on that Monday morning by making an incredible up and down where she poured in yet another 8-footer. Uh, after NB had made about a 12-footer, which looked like it might be for the victory, Fernilla stepped up there with, with uh, and as if she'd been there her entire life and just poured it right in the center of the hole. So it, it really was a, a special week all around and, and some tremendous golf.
1: Well, I think so, you know, Steve. And one thing about the LPGA Tour... If you take a look at it from top to bottom, even you know some of the players that haven't won yet, they are putting themselves into contention each week, and with every stroke they make, every round they play, they're growing in confidence. And I'll tell you, this LPGA tour is an unbelievably strong tour because if uh, if you take a look at it, if you take a look at all the champions. It's not only can these girls play, you know, adequately. Oh, my goodness. They play magnificently. They hit the ball so far. And Holly and I were sitting here talking about it. It's an amalgamation. It's an amalgamation of their physical fitness, their mental and emotional toughness, you know, the technology. These girls are working out. They are really athletes. And you see that. And you see it in their golf games. And you see it in their approach. And we've got some real physical specimens out there, don't we?
0: Really do. I mean, it has become a, a very, very athletic sport uh, on the women's side. And, you know, the, you go in the gym after a round and, and you, you can't work out because it's full. Uh, you know, they're they're in there hitting it hard every day. Uh, you got nutritionists out there. You've got uh, you got physical uh, trainers out there. It's um, you know, when you if you want to see, you know, women athletes, this is the place to go.
2: Well, it's National Golf Day for uh, our our listeners, and interestingly, um, I saw some statistics regarding the growth of the women's game, and from 1995 to now, 33 percent, that now is one in three, you know, new players coming into the game are women. That That is good news.
0: Well, not just that, Holly. It, it's, it's been that way for several years, and the cumulative effect of that is women now make up over 25% of the golf course, which is an extraordinary number given where it was just a few short years ago.
2: Absolutely. I want to switch gears just for a second because you are Global Golf Post covering the global game. Another interesting victory this past weekend, Francis Alexander Levy wins his fifth European title in morocco and what a story this guy could be as he's hoping to make the Ryder cup in his home country of france this year
0: if he doesn't make it with with his fifth victory like that i don't know what else he would have to do i mean that was a tremendous effort he put forth and if he didn't if he didn't capture somebody's attention uh with the caliber of his play there i don't know who what you would have to do and especially home field advantage means so much in the Ryder Cup and can you imagine how the french would turn out if he was in the field it would just be tremendous
2: that's what you call motivation doctor bob
1: oh oh it is you know and i'll tell you what you know i can't say you know uh, magnifique you know <laughs> more than enough i mean Fabien. yeah you know yes exactly so i mean i hope he does get in i'll tell you what one thing steve uh the the teams for united states the teams for the european squad You know, are as deep and as strong. It's going to be a dynamic Ryder Cup, and everyone is waiting for the Ryder Cup this year.
0: Unlike any year in years past, I think this one is going to be uh, as exciting and as anticipated uh, as any that we've ever had. Not only is it the the debut in France, um, but, but to have the caliber of teams on both sides that we have, and for it to have been anticipated for as long as it has been. People were talking about this last fall. Uh so I I think it's really going to be one of the better Ryder Cups we've ever had.
1: Oh absolutely. I think you're going to have, you know, a lot of passion out there with John Rahm and Sergio Garcia and players like that. It's it's going to be very very exciting. And also now with the new Masters champion, Patrick Reed, Captain America and and his uh group of companions.
2: How about Captain America over there in France? That's going to be some fun.
0: Yeah, that's going to be great. I mean, obviously he, you know, he he is the lightning rod everywhere he goes and I think this is going to be no different.
2: Uh, just your thoughts. We just have about a minute left because we haven't talked to you. I know you were at Augusta, um, and you know what your feeling was on Patrick's win.
0: Um, look, the, the, there's no doubt he deserved it. He hit the shots you had to hit down the stretch. I mean, to be able to to incorporate that cut shot into his game was was uh, something that nobody saw coming. Uh, but but he putted those greens better than anybody else, and so you, you have to give him all the credit in the world. I know he is a controversial. Uh, person, probably a controversial winner. But, uh, look, at the end of the day, he hit the golf shots. And that's all that counts.
2: Absolutely. Well, Steve, as always, we appreciate your time. We're glad we could catch up, and we look forward to getting some more reports on the LPGA Tour. Check out Global Golf Post, one of the best in our business covering the global game. Thanks so much, my friend.
0: Thanks.
1: I'll
2: talk to you soon. Dr. Bob, we got about a minute here. We're wrapping things up and uh, how can people get in touch with you if they need to work on their mental game? All
1: right. You know, I'm taking on, you know, new athletes all the time. So you can reach me at, you know, www.drbobwinters.com. You can reach me there. You can also reach me at davidledbetter.com and actually contact me there. And I hope everybody goes to golf week and actually subscribes to golf week magazine. I have a lot of, you know, monthly articles there on how to improve your mind, how to improve your emotions, and also, you know, create peak performance for the golf course. So, and I also have Mistake-Free Golf that they can actually go to any bookstore and uh, amazon.com and Mistake-Free Golf, first aid for your golfing brain. So, you know, some tools there to help everybody.
2: All right, Dr. Bob, if you're picking your walk-up song for this week, what would it be at the Zurich?
1: It would be The Who. It would be Eminence Front.
2: Ooh, the
1: who. The who, yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, I think mine would be Fleetwood Mac. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, we got to go. It's That's another great. great show. Thanks, Dr. Uh, Bob, for thanks. spending some time with the Golf Insiders. Thank you. We'll be back next Wednesday, our regular slot six to seven. We love you. Go hit em straight. Bye-bye.